you're listening to one of the Wellness Couch podcasts, obviously you're interested in health and nutrition and probably want to know more. My good friend Sunil Mera from Up For A Chat and the Functional Nutritional Academy presents to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect kickstarter to help you gain knowledge and get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more and to get access to one of the world's leader in nutrition, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness to our lives. Brett, just you and I today, along with our special guest, but Damien is uh, off for Just, I think two or three weeks in Paris or Europe somewhere. Oh, what a lucky bugger. Yeah, uh, it's a tough life for some, isn't it's, it? It's we'll, a very, we'll very try tough get life. in as many episodes as we can while he's gone, Lawrence, so yeah. we can just get a few words in. It'll exactly. <laughs> we might actually be able to speak this time. So, uh, <laughs> Well, you know what? We actually It's funny because we're talking about international traveling and stuff. The special guest that we actually have today is uh, Nick Wood of Life Athletics, and he has a podcast called the Life Athletics Podcast, which features incredible people from all around the world living their games filled out now we'll talk a little bit about podcast and why he does it but more importantly he's actually i really just found out he's from toronto canada fellow canadian as well which is we outnumber you uh today in uh, today's podcast there brett uh, two canadians oh, worry. and one australian worry. and uh so one of the things is that we talk but he's living in bali at the moment so if you hear in the audio today you'll hear some you know some chooks you know you know, <laughs> chirping in the background or, or yeah. just crowing in the background. There's also motorbikes passing by. It's awesome. There's a scene of Bali right there. So you can just imagine yourself. If you're not driving, it would be a perfect example to just close your eyes and just imagine Nick in Bali speaking to yeah. us today. Welcome Nick, to the Nick, Nick is actually on the back of a scooter as we speak. That's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's podcasting and driving at the same time. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Wallace Guy Show there, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Nick, listen, you've been doing these podcasts. Uh, you see that there's been over 100 podcasts. Why, you know, 100 episodes or so. So 120 what, now, yeah. 120, very nice. So tell us why, because I love the concept of your podcast. This is why I sort of left it to you. I didn't want to do an issue because I didn't want to mess it up because it's a really, really cool concept. <laughs> um, could you tell us what's the, what's the essence of Life Athletics? The essence of Life Athletics is that everyone is playing a game in life. And the clearer you are in what your game is, the more satisfied you'll be. I believe that everyone is always playing a game and everyone's always winning the game that they're playing, which means that if you're not satisfied with your life, that's still you winning a certain game. We prove ourselves right in life. We recreate our normals. And so what I'm fascinated by is what people who are clearly winning their games, what they did to set that up, the psychology around it, the habits around it. And so what I do is I interview people as though, I mean, what I, what I often say is if I interviewed a skier, a tennis player could get benefit to, to how to train, to how to compete, to how to perform. And so if I interview someone who's an amazing parent an artist can get benefit from listening to the thoughts around how to be a great parent. If I interview a top business person, a physical athlete can get benefit. And so that's what I'm up to. 
I find it fascinating, Nick. I, I love the concept that you say everyone's winning at the game they're playing. And I guess yeah. the, the the distinction then, I guess, is whether people are choosing which game they're playing. So what is it that determines which game people are actually playing? Well, it's such a good point, whether you've actually chosen the game that you're playing or not. I think a lot of people are living a default life. And what I want to see in the world is I want to live in a world where everyone is clearly on their path and actively leveling up. And so that means bringing choice to their games. What what determines what game they're playing, I think, is either awareness or yeah, personal history, right? People often will, will say, oh, I'm this way because of something. And the way that we react to what happened in our lives determines a lot. And so if we think we're a certain way, a lot of people will, will say, oh, I can't have a relationship because my first boyfriend broke up with me in such a way that I don't trust people anymore. Well, that's not true. <laughs> it, it, something happened and we, we make a decision from it. And if we're proving that decision right, that's the game we're playing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that we just talked about there before the show started, uh, you know, Nick, we, you know, we're both from Toronto and, yeah. uh, you know, we've been away. Like, you know, you live in Bali, mm-hmm. you, you lived in Korea, so I think for four years. I've been in Australia here for, you know, almost 14, 15 years now. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when I've, I've gone back, there was about an eight or nine year period where I didn't go home. Uh, well, right. this is home now, but I say Toronto. And when I went back to Toronto, you know, we just said, we just made the comment that everything's changed. You know, all these yeah. things have changed. But there's a certain element that things didn't change, <laughs> uh, which was yes. us, a lot of the friends that were still there. Um, they were, it's almost like they were, not that, I'm not saying they were stuck or not that they're not happy, but there's what limits certain people if like they, they, they grew up in a certain way, which the parents, you know, maybe this is where they have to live or they's like their thought, their stretch of is like, where, whereabouts in Toronto do I want to live next? Where our stretch was more like, where in the world do we want to live in? And mm-hmm. so do you find that um, what limits the people from their thinking that chooses, you know, say location? I'm not suggesting location is the only thing, but even in career path or in life, what limits that? Is it a story that the parents told them or that they're not expensive? What stops them from really living their true potential or true life that they could have? My my take on it is it's always how we interpret it life. So it's not whether someone told us a story, it's whether we bought it or not. Mm. Right. And I think it's really important to take on that responsibility. Um, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's easy as people who travel. And I thought it was really funny in the opening talking about um, Damien was his name, yep. who is in Paris. And we're all like, oh, wow, Paris. But we're in like you're in Australia. I'm in Bali <laughs> traveling around the world. Yeah. And we, we've chosen this. Yep. For me, it was not so much where am I going to be, but who am I going to be? Mm. And looking at looking at the options um, that I was I was sort of handed at a young age and saying that doesn't work for me, and then going out in search that 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 classic search of of finding myself. What but, age? What, what, do you mind? I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, what sure. age was it when you sort of made that realization or decision uh, where you just recognized going well that that isn't me. Like, I'm going to make my own choice. Like, how old were you? And because that's important, I think, to know. Because some people was like maybe started younger or was it a little mm-hmm. bit later in life? What was what age and what was the turning point for you? 
Um, I had a bit of a rough go in my teens. My mother remarried someone that really uh, ended up not being the greatest. And he, on the outside, looked like a great guy. And then behind closed doors, wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, that was part of the the hmm, the recipe of saying, like having having this exterior shell that looks a certain way isn't enough. I actually want to be a certain thing. And um, and then early in my twenties, uh, I was working in what was my dream at that point. I started working in film production, and I mean I was just entry level. So I was working as a PA, a production assistant, or in the art department. And I remember working on a on a Molson beer commercial. <laughs> uh, that's Canadian beer, and yeah. and it, it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was a big shoot. It was a big um, campaign for them at the time, and we were gone for about a, a week filming this this commercial or a series of commercials, and the the production manager, my boss, had just had a baby, and because filming in Toronto really is seasonal, he couldn't say no to a, a big job like that. And so he got to see his baby on the screen of his computer instead of in real life for the first week of his baby's life. Mm. And I remember looking at that thinking, if everything goes right, that's the job that I'll have in five, ten years. And I want to be able to be with my baby if I ever have a baby Mm. for the first year of its life. And I just kind of looked around and thought... People are scrambling, but not really getting there, wherever there was, whatever my view of success was. I think it's a great point you're touching on there, Nicholas, and it's something that's come up on the Wellness Guys a couple of times recently, mm-hmm. where we've sort of spoken about uh, sometimes you're you're playing the game, but but you're actually playing someone else's game. You know, I think, I yeah. think there's a whole bunch of people who are just totally oblivious to the game they're playing, but there's yes. a whole other bunch of people who are who are playing someone else's game because it's so easy to look on social media or to look on you know, Instagram or wherever and think, wow, that life looks incredible. You know, that's what I want, without necessarily seeing the consequences of that life. You know, and you may think, well, you know, I want to go out and make a million dollars and travel the world and do all those sort of things. But actually, you know, you're really big on family and you want to spend time with your kids. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot where people don't really realize what game they're playing and they don't really see the full picture of that game. So how do people make sure they're playing their own game rather than someone else's? It's it's such a tough thing to to break the habit of playing into like and there are many levels to this right so there's a societal game that says we need to go to school get a good job get a house get married have kids and that's great if that's what you want to do but what a lot of people fall into and, and even I mean the the classic metaphor is with distance running run your own race right we we hear that expression a lot yeah run your own race. But even in athletics, that's that's a tough thing for a lot of people to do. People get caught up in in competing against someone else versus mm. competing with themselves. And you see people who challenge themselves are so much happier at the end of those events than the people who are trying to beat someone else. And the same thing holds true in life. And so with life athletics, I look at eight different areas of life and... I view it like an equalizer in a stereo. Everyone's sliders need to be in different places. It's not the same for everybody. And so it's important to, to see what 
is most important, what your balance is. But a lot of people are playing really default games, and so there, there's different levels to this. There is society says, I need to do something, and we just go along with it, and it might never really be satisfying. So that's part of it. There are also more insidious levels where we think, I'm going to do this, but subconsciously, you know, I'll never be happy doing this. And so people put in a lot of effort into things that they've decided they'll never be happy doing. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, I, well, you know, like it's, it's interesting you say that. Cause I mean, I, you know, I did, I remember, you know, did a, a, one of the talks that I gave out in the one summer was talking about swimming your own lane. Like, so it's basically running your own race, but isn't there, um, isn't there a healthy, there's a health of, it's healthy to actually have competition. Like I know you understand the concept about, um, you know, having, you know, competition with yourself, but like, you know, when I'm I'm not sure about, you know, I'll just pick any, well, even just pick CrossFit, for example, like when we, when you're even just running, uh, doing a workout of the day, like you, you know, one of the things that I do to keep me, uh, making sure that I'm just not letting myself down in the sense of because mm-hmm. if I just if I just compete more against myself I'll just like yeah I can just take it easy right here because I kind of mm-hmm. need a breather but sometimes you just know in the group like you know what that guy is about the same level as me I just need to just stay on him like stay on her you know whoever it is yeah. just just so that I can keep pace so that it actually pushes me is so do you think like some sort of competition in within the lane or in the, in the sport actually helps you to stretch you to actually become more of who you are I completely think that that's important and they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm. So CrossFit's a great example. CrossFit, you can measure your performance throughout every single wad, mm-hmm. through every single workout and you can know what your level is. And so what I think is important is to constantly level up. If you're not growing, you're dying, all those concepts. Mm-hmm. So you look at the person who is in front of you and go. But you're not necessarily trying to beat them. You're trying to beat yourself and using them as a tool to do so. Right. As soon as you're trying to beat them, if if you still come in second in the workout, yep. right, you might have beat your time. You might have never done so well. But if your goal was to beat them and you still come in second, you lost. Hmm. Yeah, right? I, f- I find as I use them as like a draft. <laughs> they just help exactly. me get to where I want to go, which is still competing exactly. myself. But they just I just use them as to to help me leverage to get to the goal. Which is so you're basically saying is like how do you get to your original goal? The original goal is about beating yourself or improving yeah. yourself, but improving you, yourself, but utilizing all the other hacks of allowing someone to kind of pull you towards it. Mm-hmm. Competition brings out the best in people, mm. but ultimately you have to be. I mean, it, it's it's through antiquity. To thine own self be true. You need to know who you are and what you're up to, right? I mean, if I show up, and I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing some top-level CrossFitters, and I remember um, meeting Matt Chan, right? And at the time, Matt Chan was number two in the world. And if I had done a workout with him, and I, I saw a number of people work out with him, um, and I was trying to beat him, mm-hmm. I would just be disappointed, <laughs> right? And and he's tricky because he'll he'll game it. He's he knows how to perform. And so when I saw him do group workouts, everyone else came out harder because they were trying to beat him. Mm. And so for the first round, he was in last, mm. and and then just kept going, and no one else could maintain the pace that they'd started. 
And so he won. And he wasn't, I mean, and that wasn't even high level competition for him. Right. So again, if we're trying to beat someone else, then we'll almost always lose. And Nicholas, I feel like it's kind of the same when you're focusing on the strategy as well. Like you're talking about focusing on, you know, the end result, but also I guess we have the same conundrum sometimes when we talk about the strategies we use to get there. Like do we copy other people who have already been successful in this area and take on board strategies from them or do yeah. we just need to run our own race? And, and I feel like it's kind of a similar deal where, <laughs> you know, it's silly to try and just totally reinvent the wheel but mm-hmm. by the same token, you know, you've got to take these lessons from other people and, and make them yours. It's kind of that, that balance there you've got to find which can be really tricky. Yeah, I mean, the answer to that is yes to both, right? Do you take elements <laughs> from other people? Yes. Do you run your own race and and make it specifically yours? Yes. I mean, so again, just going with the CrossFit metaphor, CrossFit basically says that everyone's fitness needs are the same, but they vary in degree, not by kind. Mm. We all have human bodies. We need to move in essentially the same way, but with slight variations. So is CrossFit's built to scale right? My squat will look different than your squat. I'm six foot six. I have no idea how tall you guys are, but yeah, not that. Asian, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tall Asian, so, yeah. but yeah, not anywhere close. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm two meters tall. Um, my body will look slightly different than your body, but we should both squat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so basically in, in life, it's, it's similar. We have certain elements that we all want to achieve. How we achieve them differs. And like what we want out of life differs. But I I think a a problem that a lot of people fall into is they get married to methodology and forget um, what Simon Sinek always talks about, which is start with why. Mm. Right. So know, know your why, know what you're up to, then figure out how to get there. You know, what you're saying is also recognizing your strengths. I mean, this morning's water, like, for example, I was, I was literally, you know, we were this guy who is about probably six foot six or six, maybe six four. And, you know, we were doing wall balls and uh, we were running. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know I can take him on the running, but I knew I sure. needed to be a few meters ahead of him because I know his wall balls would, you know, because all he did is just got to toss it a little bit where I have to, like, just literally chuck it all the way up there. So he would catch up. And, you know, and that's it's about knowing your strengths of knowing when in the game itself or even in your own lane where you you actually can perform but how like to me it's like a gamifying uh life and i love this concept so how important it is is it for you or do you think for us as human beings to gamify our life i think that it makes us feel alive i think it's really important um if we don't know what we're doing even so I, i do coaching with people as well and one of the things that that comes up a lot is when people don't know what a win is for them, they get no satisfaction out of life. Mm -hmm. And when I start having people track wins, they realize that there's a lot more of them in their lives already. And all of a sudden, their satisfaction in life improves. And nothing really changed other than they brought some awareness, right? So if you don't know what a win is for you, what are you doing? You're just putting out effort. Does that make sense? Yes, That's absolutely, right. Right? absolutely. So yeah. once you, once you gamify life, it's I mean it's important also to not take it too seriously, right? With with CrossFit, CrossFit's <laughs> such a great great metaphor, and in a lot of ways, life athletics was built around the idea of CrossFit and a, a, and attributing it to all of life, right? 
in CrossFit, to be an excellent CrossFitter, you're constantly pushing into where you're bad. Mm. Yeah. Right? Matt Frazier became the best CrossFitter in the world by training where he was weak constantly. Yeah. And and even if you're training your strengths, you're training them into your weakness, into that zone where it's no longer comfortable. And that's really difficult in life. And unless you gamify it, unless you are really clear why you're doing it, you won't. It's just too uncomfortable. Right? So, Nicholas, yeah, you mentioned earlier the eight areas of life. What are the eight mm-hmm. areas that you like people to focus on when they're playing this game? Sure. So, I've, I've bunched them into these categories. And inside of these categories, there's overlap. And so, I just invite people to, to fill in... A, the specifics of their life into these areas. But basically it's work, play, mind, body, um, relationships, finances, inner game and outer game. So I'll break them down. Work, I basically say is contribution. It's what are you giving to the world, giving to other people, right? Play is what gives you joy and rejuvenates you, what gives you energy back, right? Mind, are basically the the skills and the knowledge that you need in order to make what you want happen, right? Um, what was the next one? Body, um, health and health and uh, fitness, relationships. It's you with other people. So not just romantic relationships, but how you are with others. Finances, money, right? And basically, it's, it's the power center of being able to get what you want done in the world. So whether it's direct like cash or whether it's personal power, how, how Tony Robbins describes it, the ability to get things done. Hmm. Inner game, values, beliefs, stories, right? All the self-talk. So it's really you with yourself. And then outer game it's what most magazines and TV shows in the world are about. It's what you look like on the outside, how you dress, how you groom yourself, uh, where you live, what you drive, your social media, all that external stuff I, I lump into one area. Hmm. And then it's about finding what your balance is in each. And so I can take people really, really quickly through my process if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. So I have people choose an area. And in session one, what we do is we look at one area and I have people choose what they think is best in the world in that area, not what they think their best could be, but to personify someone that if that person walked through the room, it would be clear to that individual that that's best in the world, right? So that can be an actual human. It can be an amalgam of real people. It can be a complete construct, but it's important to, to get clear on what you think best in the world is in that area. And usually the areas that we're strong, we have a clearer sense of that than the areas where we're struggling. So that gives a clue. Once we figure out what best in the world is, where are we relative to that? And I created a scale, but it's just a simple one to 10, right? So if that's best in the world, then nine are, are people who, if we use a basketball metaphor, nine to 10, that range would be people in the NBA or top level professional leagues, right? Eight to nine are people playing top level in college or, or the secondary professional leagues, people who would be in the Olympics, but not in the NBA. And so you get to see, like, where would you be relative to that scale? 
And the only should that I have in my program is that you should be above a five. And five is the pass-fail mark. And you determine what five is. So if you're below five in any area, you're doing yourself harm and you're doing harm probably to others, the people around you. And so it's what's best in the world, where are you relative to that? And then here's sort of where the magic is. If a genie came and tapped you on the head, as far as you can see from where you're currently standing, where would you want to be? And I call it the horizon goal. And once we get clear on the horizon goals, what a lot of people realize is they don't want to be 10 out of 10, right? The upkeep to be best in the world is just ridiculous. And so it actually lets a lot of people off the hook. And what they realize is that they want to be a big step up from where they are now. Generally, that's where most people want to be, is just a big step up from where they are. And once we have that clear in all these eight areas, we put them together, make sure that we create an image of life that fits together, right? Because if you want to be at the CrossFit Games and running a multi-million dollar business and with your family all the time, and like they're just, it's difficult to manage all that. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. So it's important to then put all these elements back together. I call that your horizon life. And then the version of you who's living your horizon life is your horizon self. And once people get really clear on this version, this, I, I used to call it a dream self, but it's not. It's, it's a version of you who's fixed everything that you think you want to fix, who's accomplished what you want to accomplish. If you can tap into the way of being and the way of thinking of that version of you, what I find is people immediately know what actions to take. It's as though that version of you starts living your life for you. And it's bordering on magical what happens. Mm. No, it's so true, though, because as you were going through it, I'm like, man, that's pretty difficult to for anybody to try to strive at the best of, you know, the expectation of every single one of those areas, like picking because all eight of those areas would represent one specific person who represents all that and to match your whole entire life to that. I'm glad you had the horizon thing because that it just creates a almost a. Uh, because we know that once you focus on another, you there's going to be sacrifices. There's going to be half consequences yeah. that you won't be able to focus on another area that you thought was you know your priority, but allow you to mm-hmm. collapse some of those things and allow you to strive for what's the creating that balance for yourself. And what do you think the the biggest challenge people for people are to reach that horizon? Like, is it? Is it the ability to actually action on that or is it to be able to create on for something like this? What, what's the, what have you found when you're coaching others? Letting go of the familiar. Mm. Letting go of the familiar is the hardest thing. We, we recreate our normal. And as much, and this is, this is what I talk about in terms of the, the more hidden insidious games that we play. If we think we're someone who is unlovable, We can create all the goals in the world to have a relationship, to date more. None of it will make a a difference because our normal is that we're unlovable. If we think of ourselves as someone who doesn't have money, we can try to put all the schemes in place, invest in businesses, and it won't work. Or if it does work, it won't last because our view of ourselves is that we're someone who doesn't have money, right? So we prove ourselves right. We constantly recreate our normal and recreate the familiar. And so the ability to let go of that, the ability to unhook and embrace a new normal, I think is, is the biggest challenge people face. Right? So once you know what you want, 
allowing yourself, giving yourself permission, I found is the key thing. And it sounds so weird, right? Safety and permission. But people will step over it and and it just I've never seen it work until you give yourself and it's it's always from ourselves. Yeah. But until we give ourselves that safety and permission to move forward, it, it's just a, it's a threat to our psyche. It's funny. I just did a vlog on this yesterday and it was, just, you know, on a similar hmm. um, concept where, you know, in order for us to kind of be the better version of ourselves, we have to let go of the old version of ourselves. And we don't yeah. like, we don't think about that. We're always trying to be mm-hmm. the better version of ourselves by being the same person as we are now. And yeah, yeah. you're right. The un- inability to let go and know that you have to, if you really have one a 2.0 version of yourself, you really have to change everything, about, not everything, but you need to change how you think, how you do and how you behave. Um, in, in the new era to become that next person. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see it all the time. The, the, the story of lottery winners where people win millions of dollars. And then in a couple of years, they're in the back, they're, they're back in the same financial space that they were. Right. Why is that? Is that just because they didn't have the knowledge to maintain that that knowledge can be got, right? It's, it's because they saw themselves a certain way and they recreated that. Yeah, so I think exactly what you said, and I'll so, yeah, look at I'll look for that vlog. Nick, touching on what Lawrence said before, you know, I've, I've sort of gone through and just done a quick list of those different areas and put some names in there and put some sort of scores in there, and awesome. and when I think about when I look at those names and I think if I was to try and be all of those people at once, like that seems pretty overwhelming and pretty it exhausting. Does. So yeah. so when you start looking at where you're at in terms of those levels, like if I look at, for example, uh, play. And I think, well, I'd actually like to increase that number a bit. So I'd like to put some time, effort, and energy into trying to increase that number a bit. Do I need to look at other areas of my life and say, what am I willing to sacrifice a little bit in order to achieve that? Or should I be aiming to just push all of them up at once? So I have people focus on three areas. But I just want to say really quickly that I think it's it's one of the important parts of this process is for people to realize that they might be trying to play a game that is possibly unachievable and often a game that they don't really want, Mm. right? And so do we need to be best in the world across the board to be okay with ourselves? And I think a lot of people are going through life thinking that they do. (laughs) And it's just, there's, there's no question why people are stressed out and burned out in life is they're putting that stress on themselves without actually questioning it, right? And when people actually look at the lives that they want to lead, lives that they would be happy with, it's usually not being 10 out of 10 in every area, Mm -hmm. right? And so from there, it's what is your balance? And so do some things need to be sacrificed? Sure. But when it's viewed uh, from, from the lens of this is the life that I want to create, it's not so much a sacrifice as it's a, it's a privilege to be able to create that balance and to realize that that ultimately is what would be satisfying to you. Yeah, and that's the key. It's about what's satisfying for you. That last line there yeah. is so important because I think oftentimes mm-hmm. we create this ten out of ten life um, on ten different indiv- or eight different individuals, and we we're striving for their life and we want to exchange our life for theirs. But really, you know, when you ask the question, if you look at their whole entire life and you ask, "Do I really want that life?" and the and most typical answer is no, uh, because they, it comes with all the other stuff that you know no one talks about, no, they're, well, you know, all the negative stuff. Really quickly, if I could, like one of the steps that I didn't say 
is is at the end of of that first session, I get people really clear on why. Hmm. Why do you want this? And I had a man in one of one of my recent groups. Um, in the area of finances, what he said he wanted is his horizon goal was to have $550 million. And so I'm not going to discourage someone from, from their goal, but I will ask why, right? That one sort of stood out a little bit. <laughs> and so said, well, why do you want that? And what we realized was that it was an in order to goal. And so that's the most important thing. It's really all that I do as a coach is I listen, is this an in order to goal, right? So like I need to be this fit in order to be loved or in order to be satisfied with myself as opposed to I just want to be that fit because mm -hmm. then life, I can attack it with this body that can do more things. It, so if it's an in order to goal, it's important to focus on the thing that's on the other side of that accomplishment that yeah. we think is. And so what he wanted was he wanted safety and security in the area of money. And his mind came up with this number of $550 million. And what was wild was he realized in that moment that he created a game, a structure in his life that said he couldn't be safe and secure until he had $550 million. He also got the lie of it. And this was really beautiful because he had actually dated someone in the past who was a billionaire. Mm. And she hadn't had safety and security in the area of money <laughs> at, at over a billion. Yeah. And so he got immediately that that goal like even if he had accomplished it, even if he had a bank account with that much money in it, what he actually was after, he would have missed the point. Yeah. And so all of a sudden he was able to start giving himself the feeling of being safe and secure where he was. Mm. And ultimately that's the point yeah. is to is to look at what am I actually trying to accomplish here? Yeah. Right. And, and that's such, that's such an important and powerful distinction. I think when you have when you're able to get to down to the real why, um, and that's one of the questions is what's your clear objective, and then you can build a strategy and tactic around it. Because without that true why, it's going to be very difficult. Nick, it's such mm -hmm. a pleasure um, for having you on the show and, and sharing your insights with our listeners. It's been awesome. Thank you so to, much for having me. Uh, if you want to know more about, you know, listen to more of his, his, his brilliance and his uh, and, and also his insights, go to check out Life Athletics Podcast. Uh, you can also go to lifeathletics.com. He also has a brand new website called nick-wood. That's nick-wood.com. We'll put all these show li uh, links into our show notes. And um, we'll, so you can go check him out and also, you know, uh, attend some of his uh, events and, and stuff that he does. Nick, again, pleasure to have you on the Wellness Guy Show. Thank you very much for being on here. Uh, guys, Guys, make sure you check us out on Facebook and keep the conversation live going there on the Wellness Guys and also the Wellness Couch Facebook page. While you're there, please like us on Facebook. Share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think need a wellness update. This is a perfect opportunity to maybe find a friend who don't listen to podcasts and share share a podcast with them tell them how to do it and it doesn't have to be ours but just share one of your favorite podcasts and show them actually actually how to listen to a podcast i think with more people listening to podcasts it would be a great idea subscribe to us on itunes while you're there give us a great rating and leave a comment there until next week begin creating wellness well eyes lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.